Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. This is the show where conversations save lives. And this is episode 144. My name is Jeff. Let me introduce you to those that are sitting around the table with us tonight. As always, DW, man, every week, I look forward to the times we get to sit down and just have a conversation. I feel like there's something that God always does in my life, in my heart, and, and speaks to me through our conversations. So good to be with you again tonight. Likewise, Jeff. I, I think that God made it so that relationships are very important and conversations are a very important component of relationships. And so what we do is we just have a conversation and we air it out for people to hear. But really that's a, a part that should be normal for people and we encourage people to sit and have discussions, honest conversations with people. So tune in and listen and, and just kind of join in the conversation and see what we're doing. Yeah, and we're, I'm excited to have Jason back again with us this week. Jason, how's your week been, man? It's been good. I tell you, it's always a pleasure hanging out and, and talking with you guys. Now that fall is in full-fledged, it's just nice to see the colors, nice to have a change in temperature and to get out and, and do some things in the woods and, and all that. But uh, as usual, just as Dave said, it's it's always a joy to be on the show with you guys and just talk life. Like you said, Jeff, it's just a mutual encouragement that helps us keep our eyes on Jesus. So it's as much as it is to our listeners, it's, it's, it's just as encouraging for me sitting here around the table with you guys. So always look forward to it. Tonight, we're going to continue our topic from last week, guys. Last week, we talked a lot about living my faith forward more or less as a teen or young adult, it's a layered thing. When you start talking about living your faith out, you know, how could we help parents with this? We talked a little bit at the very end of that show about how to foster an environment that is beneficial to spiritual growth. So if you're a parent, how do you create a home, basically a culture in your home that does encourage and does foster spiritual growth in your teen, not controlling your kids, but giving an environment. Does that make sense, Dave? Oh, yeah. As an educator, one of the things that I know for sure is that there's a direct correlation between the amount of time that parents invest in their kids, spend with their kids, and their progress in life in a positive manner. There's a complete correlation. There's a positive correlation and every school and every educator should be working towards parents who will spend time with their children because it makes that big of a difference in every area of life. So if you want to move our faith forward, the number one thing that I would talk about with parents is to be intentional about your time with your children, to be intentional about your time with your spouse. If you're not intentional, if you're allowing your time to flitter away and just spend time with them when you have time, you will be in trouble. And, and some people have said, well, I'm so busy. You know, let, let's do the math real quickly here. If you work 40 hours a week and there's 168 hours in a week, I think there's 168, am I right? I think so. Anyway, it, it, 168 hours in a week and you work 40 of it, how many hours do you have left not at work? 128, Dave. 
That's correct. <laughs> and I wasn't even a great math guy. Right. But here, here's the deal. Think about that for a second. You have 128 hours away from work and only 40 hours at work, and you're too busy. Doing what? You need to grab this thing and start saying, look, the priorities in life. You can actually give to your family and your spouse more time than you work, and you'll still be okay. So let's add it up. Let's say you got eight hours of sleep a night. Not now how many hours you got. That's 80 total hours out of 168. So how many hours you got left now, Mr. Math Guy? <laughs> Jason, 86. 86. 86 hours. That is still over double. You have 86 hours awake that you can invest in something. I'm tired of hearing people saying they're too busy. Yeah. They're, they just don't want to manage their time, and they don't want to be intentional. It's true. It's true. So you want to move your faith forward? Think about that. <laughs> That's a great challenge right off the bat here, Dave. Tonight we want to involve you on the conversation with us. We'd love for you to be a part of this conversation. You can jump on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTV, or if you have a thought and you want to be a little bit more anonymous, just shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation is just getting started here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. What if athletic fields across the country were filled with students challenging each other to read the Word of God and come to faith in Jesus Christ? We know that none of this can happen without Him. It's only God that does it. Fields of Faith is coming to a field near you. It just gets the whole school fired up. Calling all students and student-athletes. It's time to get in the game and get in the book at Fields of Faith Wednesday, October 12th at Southwest High School in Green Bay. Check out HopeNet360.com slash FOF. Ready, break! This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason, hanging out with you guys here on HopeNet Radio. Join the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Also, our live coaches are hanging out waiting for you to log in and chat right now. If this has been a stressful week for you or you're just looking for some insight, maybe you've got a situation that you're facing in your life and you just want to dialogue with somebody about this and you need someone safe that you can just go to and that you can trust, our live coaches are available to chat right now at HopeNet360.com. So, DW, man, this has been a, a, a great launching point for this conversation tonight, talking about how important it is to not only set priorities in our life, this is a great time of year to begin to look at and continue to focus on those priorities. But now that we're, now that we're about a month into classes and into a routine and, and many parents are back into the normal, you know, school year swing of things, um, sometimes what I fear happens, and I don't always fear this happening, but it seems like there's a point in the year where you get so used to the routine that it can become easy to kind of fall back into some old habits even in your life. And so as we're talking about building this atmosphere or this environment, this culture for spiritual growth that fosters that in your home, how important is it to not only get into a routine, but continue to focus on the changes that you have made in your home when it comes to that, that culture building thing? Well, let me ask you and Jason a question. Okay. Is there anything in your life right now that you want to have different five years from now? I would think so, yeah, for for me, for sure. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so what are you doing now to make it different? I mean, what are you doing different so that it will happen? 
part of it is my son is now four years old and in a 4K program, and I've got another one that's two years old. And so my wife and I have been really, for a few years now, we've just kind of like, we've done the church thing. We've, you know, included them in that. We've, you know, we've been faithful to that. But I don't think that just going to church or just reading, you know, really simple Bible stories, you know, one night, two nights a week is is enough. You know, I think my kids see what I'm doing and they hear the things that I'm saying and they're watching what I'm doing. And so the challenge for me is always, is my faith, is my, is my own relationship with God, is it evident? Are my kids seeing that? Are they hearing that from my life? Or am I just bringing them to church? Am I just having people come over to my house and treating them nicely? I mean, there are some things that my kids are going to pick up, but the most important thing in the next five years and throughout their lifetime is do they see a dad who is actively involved in their faith journey, who is actually showing that he, that he's following Jesus. Right. I mean, do my kids understand that? And that's my hope as a dad. Yeah. I know it's a deep thing. That's kind of a very personal thing to me. My faith is a very personal thing, and it is to a lot of us. But it's a conscious thought that I've been having more lately is because I'm not perfect. And, and yet I want to be, but I know I'm not, and I'm going to mess this up. But to me, that's the most important thing that I'm trying to figure out. What does that look like for Jeff? You know, a guy that's not perfect who tries to look, make it look like it's all together and all organized. It's, it's a challenge. It's, uh, it's constantly needing some tweaking. And, and then you ask deeper questions. What am I doing now that's fostering that? You know, Jeff, and I, I would, I would echo what you were just saying. You know, even as, as a, as another guy that's in a similar time frame as you, you know, I got, I got two sons at home as well. And one thing that I've realized as I, as I try to be intentional about raising my two boys to know Jesus. Like you said, it's more than just saying and taking him to places. I've realized that my two boys, even though one of them is only four months, is how interactive they are with you. And they're watching your every step. And my son, my older son, who's three, is at the point where where he, he observes and then he repeats. Yeah. So he does everything you do, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden all these illustrations from scripture about, you know, faith like a child and, and all this sort of thing come into a greater perspective because here's a child wanting to mimic his daddy. It then causes me to look at my life and say, all right, am I responding and loving him the way that a daddy should as I look to my dad, Heavenly Father, and want to mimic it and, and become more like, you know, in, in this case, Jesus. And so, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's that self-reflecting challenging and, and, and it doesn't happen by itself. I have to be intentional about it. I have to be intentional about, all right, I need to, to spend time with, with my sons. I need to be intentional about that. It's not just going to happen. They're not sure to, you know, if I'm not available for them, it's not going to be like they're going to rub, I'm not going to rub off on them. And I think there's, there's that piece to it, you know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that, that, that word well, a lot in this, in this episode is the intentionality behind it is that is. is that when we're trying to express our faith towards either our family or even other people we know we have to be intentional about yeah. it if we want change there has to be intentionality and change doesn't happen without intentionality yeah you know if you want something different you got to do something different yeah i mean you can't get the same result by doing the same thing and, and what's going to happen is your kids are going to grow up and they're going to change because they have to change you yeah. have to change you have to change your approach you have to change you have to be intentional about watching them this isn't about, some parents say, well, I told them. But if they didn't hear it, you didn't tell them. Yeah. So you got to keep looking and figuring out what you got to do. You know, one of the other things, if you're going to move your faith forward, is, and this is where church should come in or camp, but you find other adults. Yeah. It is very critical for young people to have significant other adults than family that are saying the same thing that you're saying. 
And you need to intentionally get them in relationships with those people. You need to, you know, I, I remember growing up now, my, my dad was, was in on the start of Awana clubs and he wrote all their first materials and all that stuff. And, and he, he seemed to always be hobnobbing with these very, what I would say, important people. The thing is, I didn't know they were important. I was his kid. And, and so when they went out and they had dinner and stuff, we just, I would just sit there as a kid in color and they'd buy me a hamburger and I was happy. But, but I was just listening to them. To this day, the, the founder of Awana Clubs, Art Rohrheim, gives me calls. He's 97, 8 years old. And, and he'll ask me how I'm doing that. Now, what's interesting is, is that Art it became a significant other adult in my life. Hmm. If you were to look at all of the people that my dad hung out with, that he dragged me with at, at times, what happened was there was all of these people who became significant in my life, and they were saying the same thing my dad was saying. They were living the same way my dad was living. So all of this circle of adults around me were doing that. So the example for me was there. It wasn't that I immersed myself hours in television and watched those adults. Mm. And it wasn't that I immersed myself hours in movies and watched those adults. Mm. You know, if you're a parent listening today, you want to move your faith forward. The television is not a babysitter. Don't use it like one. Don't. Mm. They're getting examples off of that. And, and what we need to do is start understanding the critical nature of relationships because that's what we were made to do. And Satan has fought that forever. And we are at a time where it is critical mass out there for destroying relationships, thinking we're building them. Yeah. You know, one of the things as a parent that I struggle with, I'm going to share a confession when we come back here on the show tonight. But I think there's something for a lot of us parents or teenagers, or young adults, there's something that we're struggling with here that needs to be addressed. We're going to talk about this. It's an I word. I'm not going to spill it, but I got a confession for you when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff, DW, Jason hanging out with you tonight here on HopeNet Radio. We have show notes for tonight's episode at HopeNet360.com. Guys, we have talked about this on the show before, but I have to admit to you guys, I'm still not over my attitude of indifference. I feel like as a parent, as a man, as just an individual, just a just a human being, I find myself too often wrestling or not even choosing to wrestle, I guess, with this issue of being indifferent to things, whether it's, you know, my spiritual life or things that my kids are doing, maybe interests that they have. Let's let's just admit it. We're not always on where we need to be on, both as parents, as men, as people in general, friends. We become indifferent pretty easily when we get into a routine and and become comfortable in our life. This isn't something I know that I struggle with alone. I know there are a lot of other guys that are in that same boat. And sometimes, Dave, I think it's a defense mechanism. But why else would people struggle with indifference? It's a coping mechanism. Because if you care, you're going to hurt. And you don't want to hurt. There is no way to love somebody and not hurt. Mm. There's no way to do it. Jesus was known as a man of sorrows. I mean, a picture looking at everybody that you created and seeing how far they are from what they could be. Yeah. And actually knowing it. I mean, that, that would drive you nuts if you care. So the only way that you can not be a man of sorrows is by not caring. So I think that's what we do a lot of times. We say, you know, the alternative is if I really know what's going on here and I act like I know what's going on here, I'm going to be 
sorrowful. I don't want to live that way, so I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to not care. Here's what I think. If I were to give uh, indifference um, a definition, it would be inappropriate loss of interest or involvement. There, there are some things you shouldn't be involved in. You know what I mean? There are some things that somebody at the store is arguing about which ketchup is better. I mean, you don't need to get in the middle of that one, even if you've got a great opinion. It doesn't really matter. That's yeah. not appropriate. Jason, you're a dad. Mm-hmm. Where should you have the most interest in your life? In my family. All right. And in your relationship with God. Yeah. So does your time reflect that? Yeah. There you go. Or I try That's to. the yeah. answer. Mm-hmm. So if you have a tremendous amount of energy that you're putting into remodeling a hot rod, that's not evil in and of itself. But now what? That hot rod, you can't wait to get out to it. You can't. Or if you're into fantasy football so much that you can't even pay attention to your family anymore because you're watching all of what's going on. Or See, what happens is you start to have your interests divided. And, and when your interest is divided, you have to not care about certain things. There are some things in life that you should not show interest in. I'm sorry. You just shouldn't. It doesn't matter. But don't get in the habit of always slipping into that mode so you feel better about today. Hmm. Because sometimes that's all you can do. If you see somebody you care about doing something wrong and it does not bother you, I would be concerned about you. You know, I think when it comes to indifference, too, I think sometimes for us it's the easy option. You know, because rather than getting up off the couch, turning off the television, you know, changing the, the routine of the habit that we have, you know, I think that's why we choose indifference is because it's easier just to stay with what we've always done rather than trying to challenge what norm is in our life, you know, and, and that's the hard thing. That's the, the lies of Satan that we listen to rather than getting up and, and, and trying to change the things in our life that we know is wrong, but we're choosing nothing to do with it, yep. you know, because it's even sometimes easier to point out the things that other people do to help your indifference feel better. Right. You know, it's like, well, I'm not as bad as, you know, Joe down the street, you know, and his family. Yeah. That's how we cope with it. And so like you were saying, Dave, we need to, to change that. And that starts with a relationship with God, investing into that, and then saying, all right, God, how can I overflow this into my family? Because that's our responsibility. Right. You and, know? and that's every area. See, as a teacher, see, teachers can look at a class. Let's say I'm teaching a college class. There's 100 kids in it. So I'm teaching this class, 100 people in it, and when I'm done, 30 of them don't get it. And all I say is, well, I said it. That's their problem. <laughs> oh, really? You know, that's indifference right there. Yeah. When I give a test, actually, I look at the percentages of who gets it right and wrong. And if, if a great percentage gets something wrong, I sit down and go, boy, you stunk at teaching that. You better get going on this. Hmm. Why? Because otherwise indifference takes over. It's like, well, they're not paying attention. They didn't memorize the right things. They didn't do what they should do. No, the truth is, if they didn't learn, I didn't teach. Mm. That's the truth. So now I got to do something if I'm a teacher. Now, all I'm doing is explaining to you guys how you stop indifference. You cannot sit there and be satisfied with things when they're falling apart, when they're not working. Mm. Here's the great dilemma, though. I'll ask you guys what you think. Do you think that most of the people I've taught in life that I've been successful, that most of them have responded and their lives are different because I taught. Yeah. I don't think so. I really don't. I think right. most people don't listen to me. I think I'm a failure a lot more than I'm a successful teacher. Right. How many times? I mean, up here, you've been in situations where you've led small crews. You've poured your heart out into them. Yeah, that's true. How many have listened? A handful. There you go. Yeah. And you walk away and you go, see, here's where the indifference thing could come in. You can start saying, 
I guess it doesn't matter what I do. I can't do it any better. Nobody's going to listen anyway, so I'll just do what I do and forget it. <laughs> if they don't get it, it's their problem. Yeah. You can't do that. That's indifference. You've got to go back to the drawing board and say, can I do it a different way? Right. Is there a different way to communicate? Indifference is really taking the responsibility off of the person it should be on and, and putting it on somebody it shouldn't be on. Hmm. So a child, in, my, in your case, you guys got kids growing up. Mm -hmm. You teach them how to cut the grass, and they do a really lousy job. So you look at your wife, and you go, well, I told them how to do it. It's their problem. Mm -hmm. No, go out there and teach them how to do it a different way Yeah. yeah. until they get the job done. And when they get the job done, you've taught them. And so you're not done until then. I, I think we kick into this indifference just to protect ourselves. And I think that's a part of self-centeredness that we got to confess and go forward. I, I think, too, when we've been wounded and we've been hurt in the past, that also impacts how we respond to different situations and and especially parenting there are a lot of parents that i've met through the years that they've been hurt as kids you know and now they're parents of their own kids and and they're trying to rewrite history and both in their lives and and then for generations to come and it's difficult and, and there's a lot of things that because of past abuse or past pain or trauma it's like it's subconscious this this affects your brain on a totally different level and and so having the tools and the capacity to, to not do some of the things that were done to you is is a challenge and yet there's something to us that we're wired in such a way we recognize that there is a right and a wrong. And so this indifference thing we can sort out by really addressing those, the ways that we both use our time and the habits, the things that we do that a lot of times, Jason, you say the, the mimicking starts to take place. You see your kids acting in ways that you act and you kind of question, oh, yeah. do I really yeah. do that? We're going to talk about this when we come back here in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Join us on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will continue on HopeNet Radio. Hey, Jeff here. I'm excited to be sharing the studio again with Scott from Alpha. Welcome back. Jeff, you're the best host ever. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having us in. So Alpha's happening. Alpha's like gaining steam uh, here in the Green Bay area. There's courses that started halfway through September all over town and all over the valley, really. In fact, all over the world, quite frankly. But don't feel like because you missed you know, the first couple weeks of Alpha, there's still not time for you to jump in because we want you to get involved in Alpha, not only for what answers we can provide you, but from a perspective of what answers you can provide. We're all at a different place in our in our journey, right? In our life journey, in our faith journey. And so we've all got insights that we can share. I was at this conference a little while ago and they talked about how we don't know the life of other people because we don't communicate with other people. We don't walk in their shoes or at least hear their story, right? And so Alpha is a great way to hear other people's story, to start filling in the gaps in our own mind about what life means and what faith means and what forever could mean and what, what happens after this. And so in week four of Alpha, we start exploring, like, how can I have faith? Once we've answered the questions about, you know, is there more to life and, and, and what role does faith play in that? How does faith practice actually happen? Because a lot of us growing up, like we had to go to church on Sunday or in some faith Saturday too, right? And so we just had to go to church and we didn't, we weren't ever able to connect the dots of faith. But as adults, as people that we've got context to our life, we've got, you know, meaning and we've got questions. And so, Alpha in week four starts exploring, like, how can I have faith? What does faith mean? And does that mean, you know, that I have to drink Kool-Aid somewhere or I've got to wear special robes or an apron or, you know what I mean? Like, what does it all mean? So if you want to find an alpha near you, we'd love to have you. So just visit alpha.org slash try and you can just enter in your zip code and you can find alphas happening all over the world and find an alpha near you and get plugged in. We'd really, really like to have you there. Feel like nobody cares? 
We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Every teen needs positive interactions every day. It's why many teens visit the online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. Through Groundwire, adults like you volunteer two to four hours per week sharing wisdom and encouragement with young people searching for that one positive voice in a world blaring with negatives. You can be that positive voice. We're adding 20 new coaches to our online coaching team. Learn more at HopeNet360.com slash coach. Got questions about life? Everyone should have the chance to explore why we're all here, ask questions, and share their point of view. That's why there's Alpha. Alpha is a series of sessions exploring the Christian faith. Each session looks at a different question around faith and is designed to create conversation. No two alphas look the same, but generally they have three key things in common. Food, a talk, and good conversation. New alphas are starting soon. Visit alpha.org try to find an alpha course happening near you. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. If you miss any part of this conversation tonight, do subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Check out HopeNet360.com slash podcast for details on how to get the HopeNet Radio podcast. Jeff, DW, we got Jason hanging out in studio with us tonight. And guys, what a great conversation, a challenging conversation, one that I know for me, I need. I constantly have to be reminded that I can't be indifferent to my life, to my family, and about certain things. And we all have different priorities. We all have different focuses that get our attention, that we focus our time and energy on. But the reality is we can't neglect this thing called building a faith environment, a faith, what I would consider a faith-friendly environment, a place that is safe for your children, your teenagers, your young adults to explore faith, to have questions, to have even doubts about faith, about their experience, that the things that they're going through. I think today it's really easy to try to compartmentalize our life and say, well, you know, faith is something that only happens on Sunday, or this is who I am this week. You know, I'm going to focus on my athletics. I'm going to focus on, you know, maybe my studies, my, my schoolwork and my, you know, my job or my career. Like these are things that constantly need attention. There's so much in our life that needs our attention and our focus. And unfortunately, what ends up happening when we get too comfortable and complacent, we start, we start getting kind of indifferent about some of the faith things in our life. And the thing that I love about this week, especially, we'll have students that are going to be going out fields of faith this week. And that's an exciting time. The, the whole idea of getting in the game, getting in the book, to me says, you know what? There's a lot of people that are maybe struggling with indifference. Maybe it felt like it. They need to actually do something different, get out of their shell and say, you know, it's time that I would just stop putting faith as like a secondary part of my life and make it that primary focus. Make my relationship with God more than just a Sunday thing or a Wednesday thing or something that I just pull out when I'm really in a desperate situation. I just need something to change in my life. So if I'm God and I love you, I'm going to keep you in crisis, man. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> no, that would be a great thing. That way you stay by me. I mean, otherwise you're going to roam. So let's just bring it on. Oh, no, that sounds like a miserable life. Well, then you'll be close to me, and that's really what you're made to do, and I know you can't survive without that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think parents or anybody, students, they become indifferent because they what they're really trying to do is it, there's so much they can't control. Like, you know, the election process in our country. 
Some people don't care at all. They don't vote at all. They don't know anybody. Why? Because they can't control anything, so they don't want to do anything about it. That's what they think. So what they do is they focus on what they can control. And here's where they're wrong. They think they can control the circumstances about their own life until they get cancer or until something happens where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't control that. You and I, we live this false life where, where we think, I am going to focus on the only things I can control. You know, the only thing I really can control are my choices, and I can choose to trust God, and when I do that, it works out. See, that that's how that works. Hmm. God is the only one that controls circumstances. Like, let's say that, okay, I can't, my family's a wreck, I can't, nobody's listening to me, I, my friends are all bummed, and whatever. So I'm going to concentrate on playing football. So I'm out there playing football. I say, I'm just going to be the best football player in the world. I'm going to, I did that when I was in college. I had a great junior year, voted, you know, all conference at my position, that kind of thing. And, and my senior year, I was going for all American and, and, and trying to get drafted in the NFL, that kind of stuff. And, and I went, and I went nuts because I had some injuries and I just went nuts saying, man, I am going to fix this. I ignored people, ignored religion, just, just, I'm going to fix my, my, the problems in my arms that I needed to fix. And I, I came back looking like Popeye, man. I, I flexed my arms. <laughs> Look out, Popeye. I, I was giving him some competition. The first tackle I made in the very first scrimmage that we had against one of my very good friends, I, I had overworked those muscles so much that it pulled the tenants right off my fingers, and I never played again. And I thought, wait a minute. I was concentrating on the only thing I could control, and I realized I can't control that. You forgot to eat the spinach. Yeah, I didn't eat spinach either, but that was trouble. <laughs> but And then I realized, okay, now what options am I left with? Right there, I can go to indifference and say, I can't do anything. I can't control anything. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to act like nothing matters. And, and the word, whatever, will come out of my mouth. And I mean, whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I, no, that's a terrible moment. The, the truth of the matter is, I never, ever in the first place should have thought that I control things. See, I need to put it in context. Hmm. And that's what we as parents get to do. That's what you guys get to do for your children. You get to pass on the idea that there is one who does control things and they can align their lives in context because you're aligning your life in context and they, they, they see you enough and they hear you enough and they are around you enough to know that there is a context to all of this. And when they understand that, now all of a sudden the indifference isn't there. What happens is if you get injured like I just spoke of and you know God, because here's what really happened after about 30 seconds. Remember who I grew up with, all those people, that kind of thing. And I, I knew the context. I've seen people trust God. And I remember sitting at a kitchen table because I had to decide whether I was going to get this fixed or play that senior year. And after the season, try and get a transplant and some other stuff. And I remember sitting at the table thinking these very thoughts. I'm putting it in context. God, you, you love me. You could have prevented this. Even if I did it by being an idiot with how I lifted weights or whatever, you could have prevented it. Perhaps it's time to change direction in my life. Perhaps you don't want me to play this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I went and got the operation and never played again. See, I, I put it in context. It wasn't that I said, oh, well, life's a bummer. I need to go get drunk or something to get through it. And, and being, you know, That's not it. I put it in context. And, and what's happening in our country today, I really believe that there is so much that is both out of context and so many people wrong on the idea of I, I'm going to control what I can control thinking themselves and they can't even control themselves, that eventually they slip into this indifference about everything, themselves, their family, politics, church, school. They just go into their own world, and then Satan goes, gotcha, hmm. and that's a disaster.
The indifference part of our life simply means we are going with the easy option rather than the complete option. And it's always easier to have part of the story and not all of the story. And the other thing that you get from parents, too, is there's only so many hours in the day. And I know, Dave, we talk about this, and, and it's all about where you put your focus on. I'm not buying and it. I know. I know. I don't, not buying I don't it. buy it either. But for a long time, it was just easier to have that as, as an excuse where I just wanted to say, you know. Not buying it. Yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it the next day. You know, procrastinators unite tomorrow. That's that's <laughs> always the catchphrase because it, it, it what it boils down to is it's it's a lot easier to kind of put those things off that take time, that that might involve pain even, and uh, a challenging situation that you aren't totally sure if you're responsible right now. I'm not saying that you know, when you when you see there's a problem and you're you're looking for ways to fix it that you don't take the time to understand the whole issue before you just dive in and try to solve that problem because sometimes we can jump in too far. You know, we're talking about building a culture, building this atmosphere that fosters spiritual growth. And I think it's important to talk about how we do that. We're going to have to show up and talk about how we do that in our homes, in our, our lives as families. I would just encourage you to be a part. Jump on Twitter right now. Use that hashtag HNRTB. We'll wrap up when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Fields of Faith is coming up this Wednesday night. I'm excited for this. This is probably my third or fourth time being involved in Fields of Faith. Anthony, thanks for sitting down with us tonight. Thanks, Jeff. So introduce yourself. You're you're in high school, correct? Yep. Um, well, I'm currently a senior at East Pier High School. Uh, I play the cross. I'm in show choir, and I'm currently one of the leaders at my FCA huddle. Nice. Can you tell us about Fields of Faith? Fields of Faith is an event where students challenge their peers to read the Bible and follow Jesus Christ. Um, students will stand together against the pressures and temptations in our world and uh, basically be the generation that's committed to reading the Bible and applying it to their lives. So it's really about taking their faith and making it public. Yeah, it's taking it to the next step. Instead of just meeting with each other and having a Bible study, they're getting out there and doing something that their community know that, hey, we're here and we're standing up for what we believe in. And so how long have you been involved in Fields of Faith? Uh, this will be my fourth year in Fields of Faith. And last year, you had a story about last year and, and how impactful that was in your life. Can you share a little bit about what last year was like for you? Yeah, last year I was given the opportunity to go up in Fields of Faith and tell my story to everyone who showed up. And the amount of support I got after that was insane. Uh, before any of it ever happened, I was dreading the fact it was coming up. I was terrified to speak in front of others, and I thought I was going to make a complete fool of myself. But once it was all over, not only did the people who were there give me so much love and support, but even when I went back to school the next day, kids came up to me and asked about last night, even though they weren't even there. Mm. And it was crazy to see that the word spread so fast and that I got support from others. So now people knew you as, as someone that was more than just another face in the hallways they went through. They were like, they were looking to you in some ways to become a leader. Can you tell us a bit about FCA and being involved in leadership there? And what is FCA and what is this all about? FCA is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but we don't just focus on the athletic part of our student body. But the group I meet with every Sunday night is very diverse. We have two sport athletes, two band members, and choir members. It's not just for athletes. I've been a part of FCA for about four years, and this year I've been given the opportunity to lead it. Our group meets every Sunday night, and it's really diverse. We get together and we do some Bible studies. We have games, songs foods, 
Um, we sometimes go out to eat after. It's basically just a night where we can come together with people who have the same beliefs and we can give each other encouragement and lift each other up when we're in a school of people who don't really understand us, who sometimes against us even. And it's just important to have a, a huddle that is there to support you. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, that is so valuable. And it's hard sometimes to, unless you're playing sports or doing some kind of extracurricular activity to really connect with a lot of people from, I guess, different walks of life, different interests. And so while it's FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes, this isn't just not just for athletes. I mean, you could be, like you said, you're, I know you're involved in some other things like show choir. So this is including people from all different facets of school and interests. And is it just for certain age groups, like different classes, or is this something that you have like freshmen, sophomores? Yeah. Sometimes we have eighth graders who are going to be upcoming freshmen show up towards the end of the year and they want to get to know uh, the older kids. We have a bigger group of younger classmen, like uh, freshmen and sophomores. And we have just a few juniors and seniors, but we're really just trying to reach the younger generation so we can teach them and uh, lead them to be leaders for when they have the opportunity to lead FCA too. That's awesome. So Fields of Faith is this Wednesday night. Where is Fields of Faith this year? Uh, Fields of Faith is going to be at Southwest High School. It's going to be in the football field. Cool. So people go to Southwest High School. It's in Green Bay, West Green Bay. Just go to the football field and show up there yep. it's about 6.45, 7 o'clock. Yep. And everybody will be in the stands and Sooner or later, someone's going to come up there and introduce themselves, and amazing things are going to happen. What can people expect at Fields of Faith? Usually we'll have some speakers tell about their lives, and then we'll have some fellow students from all sorts of schools like Preble, Bayport, Southwest, of course, and Deep Pier and West Pier. And then at the very end, what happens? Um, at the very end, it's basically an altar call. Students are given the opportunity to give their life to Christ and come down and pray with leaders, other students, and just be accepted. It's just amazing to see how many kids actually go down there. Before you know it, the stands are empty and there's people all over just praying for each other. That's cool. And so for people that are outside of Green Bay, they're looking for a, a Fields of Faith event happening near them. Where should they go to find information about that? Um, they should go to fieldsoffaith.com and all the information should be listed there and they should find a place close enough for them. Hey, thanks for coming on, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. All this month, we are adding new coaches to our coaching lines. If you are looking to become part of really a great opportunity to reach out to young people, young adults, sometimes parents, a lot of teenagers, and you're looking for a way just to influence this next generation, consider becoming a live coach on the Crisis Chat Line. You can check out hopenet360.com slash coach. You can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Shoot me a message. I can set you up with that process pretty quick, pretty simple, and we'd love to have you as a coach. Jeff DW, we got Jason here on the show wrapping things up tonight, guys. I can't help but wonder, why do we do this? It's like every time we do a show, whether it's indifference or it's making some difficult changes in our life, there's always some pushback. There's some feedback that's like, you know, Guys, I love what you're talking about. It just seems like this is, if I was to really look at my life and take things seriously, I don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I could make that really make that change in my life. I know I need to be the best dad. I need to be the best parent for my kids. I need to, you know, I feel like I'm feeling guilty 
tonight because I'm not doing enough for my family. I don't want people to walk away from the show feeling like they're guilty because, man, I haven't done enough. I haven't spent enough time where I need to. I know I'm not a good uh, maybe feeling like they're just not a good enough dad or a good enough parent. That could be a struggle for some people that are listening to the show tonight. Yeah, you know, that's fuel for in, in indecision, and it's fuel to do exactly what we're talking about. And that's what you have to realize. You know, when you look at things in context, I can never change anything about yesterday. There's nothing I can do about all the mistakes I've ever made, apart from apologize or something like that, but I can't, I can't undo them. So what I need to do is focus on what I can do different tomorrow. That's what I really need to do. Hmm. And, and that's what I encourage our people to do. God is a gracious and forgiving God. You take David in the, in the Old Testament, and he made a mistake. And, and remember, he was crying and praying and begging God to spare his child, and God didn't. Hmm. His child died. And David got up, cleaned himself up, and went back to work. Even the, his followers thought, you know, that's kind of weird. I mean, you go from this to that. But David had a very interesting explanation. While he was still alive, I could do something. Hmm. But now it's a waste of time. I need to go on to what's ahead and not focus on what's behind me at this point. It wasn't that his sorrow was gone or anything else. It was very practical. He was thinking, I can't do anything about that right now. It wasn't indifferent. He didn't show any indifference there, really. He showed indifference earlier that got him in trouble, but they're not there. Mm-hmm. And and now the consequences of his sin were there, and now he moved forward. And God still remembered David as a man after his own yeah. heart. So, yeah. you know, when you, when you look at that, there's hope for the future if you will just get engaged now. But if you stay disengaged, you know, we do that as a defense mechanism, Jeff. We just do. Yeah. We 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 end up thinking I got to always have an out so that I'm not actually responsible for what happens. Yeah. And that's not good. That's a really great point, Dave, talking about how there are consequences to living a life of indifference. It's not like if I just become indifferent about something that I won't have any fruit, so to speak, from that. I mean, sometimes we think, well, if I don't say anything or I don't do anything, uh, it's not really going to impact it one way or another. I mean, it's just going to stay as it is. But here's the reality. When we stay indifferent about something, it allows either bitterness or something else to come in and take over and take root in a situation. And that could be even more detrimental down the road than we realize sometimes. Just our own indifference and our own neglect of taking responsibility or taking some kind of action, some kind of positive action in a situation in our home. It's so easy to be indifferent. Like, you know, I bring my kids to church, they go to Sunday school, they go to youth group, they're plugged in, they're serving. I don't really need to be so much reading my Bible and all this stuff to my kids. They can kind of figure this stuff out on their own. That was maybe a little bit more the environment that I grew up in. And it's hard as a parent. I'm not going to say that I have it all figured out how I disciple my kids because it's it's a challenge. Every parent that is a Christian that is listening to the show is, is echoing the same thing. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes focus. Sometimes your kids resist it. That's a hard thing, too. You're not in control of every situation. Nope. Jason, what are some of your final thoughts tonight here on the show? Don't let your indifference give you the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know, don't don't continue to live in indifference and allow life to pass you by and then look back and have regrets. And, well, I should have done that. I could have done that. You know, because then it's too late. You know, so 
if you're being challenged right now, yes, it's hard to take that first step and to start changing things, but here's the reality is that you don't have to do everything at once. Pick an area in your life where you know it's like, I want to change something. You know, maybe it's the way that you parent. Maybe it's the way that you listen to your parents. Maybe it's the way that you, your work ethic, whatever it is, just choose one area and allow that to be the area of your life where you're starting to do something and not be indifferent. You know, live with no regrets and own your faith, own your life. And do something about it because here's the thing is that if you take that step of faith, you know, God is the one giving us the encouragement and the, and the, and the energy and the resources that we need. And so when we invest in our relationship with him, he will give us the motivation then to change our life. But it has to start with your relationship with God. It has to. And so live with no regrets and just live for him. And, and, and he'll open up the opportunities to work in specific areas in your life so you don't have to live within that, that indifference and have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. That is some good stuff. Too many options causes you to go indifferent as well. And we can talk about that on some other show. But I call it the uh, Woodman's Complex. You go into a store that's got 4,000 loaves of bread, you can go blank. Yeah. Because you don't know what to do. And sometimes just limiting your options is a good idea. And that's um, another topic, but a little hint as we leave the air. It's a great point. Sometimes you do have too many options. Sometimes we have too many, what I would consider, what the what the Bible would consider, too many idols in the mix. There's a lot of things that we can begin to look at in our life and we can say, you know, I'm spending too much time here where I need to be spending more of my focus and my attention here. Social media, smartphones, technology, internet use, television, movies, video games. There's a lot of things that are vying for our attention. What are we going to give attention to? What are we going to basically worship at the altar of this week? And I want to encourage you with that. It's a challenge for me because I, I take some, some time out of my day to do things that don't produce good fruit all the time. And I could be doing other things that produce good fruit for God's kingdom. So I want to encourage you with that. I know that's a lot of things to think about and discuss this week. Have a conversation, maybe with your spouse. I would encourage that all the time. Have a conversation with your kids. Ask them, is my home, is our home here, is this helping you in your faith? Is this helping you grow? Is there something that I'm doing that's hindering you from your faith? If you're a parent out there and you're listening to the show tonight, is there something that I'm doing? Is there something that we're doing as a family that's distracting you or is not helping encourage you in your faith? And, uh, and look at your own life. Look at your own faith journey and say, you know, are there things that I'm being complacent? Things about God or things about my faith that I've just become so complacent or indifferent about? And have that conversation with God this week. You can also bounce things off of our live coaches. They're waiting to chat with you right now at HopeNet360.com. That is all for us here on HopeNet Radio this week. You can find these and past episodes for free. Download them by subscribing to our podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Our live Twitter channel. Chat the tweet back is going 24-7 every day of the week at HopeNet360.com or just by using the hashtag HNRTB. You can also follow HopeNet360 on social media using the app HopeNet Radio Handle on most social platforms. Visit HopeNet360.com slash connect. For all of us here on HopeNet Radio, make each conversation count this week. You could save a life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs>